This is a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons. I don't like it. Dun 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 with each other. Bring back the chaos. everyone and welcome to make believe heroes make believe heroes an actual play fifth edition dungeons and dragons adventure for everyone i'm paul i'm your friend your dungeon master your maitre d and i'm here to introduce you to five other players let us pull up a chair introduce yourselves hey guys it's jeremy and i play blaze blightwood i'm jeffrey and i play Joe. My name is Alan, and I play Barackle. And sometimes Jim. Sometimes Jim, occasionally. Hey, I'm Felicia, and I play Professor Margaret Cavendish. Professor Cavendish. Also known as Meg. Meg, the giant shark. My name is Zach, and I play Chris. Chris, and we are the make-believe heroes. Uh, We want to play some dungeons and some dragons. Uh, But first, a couple things we need to do. We need to give a shout-out to one of our dear friends, Someone who is kind, who is generous, and who kindly and generously supports us on patreon.com slash makebeliefers. That's amazing. Ooh. If you support us even at the $1 tier, we'll give you a shout out on the show. Mm. Uh, there are also some really cool rewards on there. You can play D&D with us. Yeah. Um, we're not doing any more signups for episode recordings of Make Believe Champions um, during the publication of Season 5, but we will still run a session for you. In Monumi with us playing and DMing and such. Uh, or you can find out some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. Check out Monumi Unwrapped. Go to patreon.com slash makebeliefheroes. Do that. We'll love you forever. Just like we love Zach Underhill. Yeah, boy. Zach. I know this name. This is great. Thank you, Zach, so much for your support. <laughs> we greatly appreciate you, and we hope that you stick with us all the way to the end. Congratulations. Now we are going to read you a five-star review. And if you leave us a five-star review, we will read it live on the show. Alan, yeah, would you like to read us a five-star review? I would. Uh, this one's titled Number One D&D Podcast by Torgo's Pizza. Ah, yeah. pizza. Y'all said to do like a Brooklyn accent or something? Sure. I don't really know. I've never been to Brooklyn. Oh. Me neither. So I'm just going to make some accent up, and I apologize for anybody offended. (laughs) After listening to the first season, I felt that I owe this to MBH for 40-plus hours well spent. Oh, no. I absolutely (laughs) adore this show. The stories are enthralling, the characters are interesting, and the players entertaining. Add top-notch production values, and it makes this show one you can't miss. I would 100% recommend this to anyone who plays D&D or is interested in fantasy in general. Keep up the good work. Nice. I hope whoever made that review does not listen to this. Was that a Yoda, like a Yoda voice? It was. Yoda. It's okay, it was a Yoda voice. What do I win? I don't know if I can keep going. Yeah, me too. Wow, that definitely wasn't a Brooklyn accent, but... It was great. Thank you so much to, uh, what was it again? It was uh, Torgo's Pizza. Torgo's Pizza. Thank you to Torgo's Pizza. Uh, thanks so much for the kind words. If you were still listening, you're not listening now. Look, you've made it this far. You know what you're getting with this show. You know who we are. Talk about the players being entertaining, and uh, here they are. 
entertaining players. Thank you so much for the review. We love you. <laughs> yes. Let's go ahead and roll a giant blue D20. Roll that beautiful bean footage. It's a three. Wow. That's not very good. But uh, uh, they say it is the magic number. Three, six, yes, nine. it is. It's not the loneliest number. That's true. Well, with a three now, let's talk about what happened last time on Make Believe Heroes. On Dragon Ball Z. Last time, Brackle awoke in the house of the Shades Goblin Butler, or so he has been called, Whoa. Glum. Uh, Brackle awoke feeling very rough, very tired, sickly even. Uh, as he tried to stand, he found himself too weak to walk without some assistance. He leaned on the I'm chair and drank weak. some water as Glum went to fetch his friends. As Brackle's companions arrived back with the Shade, the Shade revealed to him that he was uh, carrying a magical parasite. The dark power of Braxentaric had somehow attached itself to him. And if they're not able to free Brackle of its influence, it is possible that it could even kill him one day. The Shade also recommended that they kill Brackle and then resurrect him and maybe that would work. But they voted and it didn't work out. So anyway, they decided to move along. Uh, so they took the night to get some rest. In the morning, they would set out toward Venthaven and the Shade would come along with them. But as Blaze lay down to sleep, he was transported during his dreams to the Chamber of the Gods. There he met with Paylor, Prevalian, and Dervetter, as well as the other champions of the gods, Mogert Stonefire, Kjorg, the people's champion, and Jimalil Karth. The gods tasked them with expressing how their powers had manifested themselves. And so one by one, they showed how they had been changed by the touch of the gods. And then the gods gave them a final instruction. Prepare yourselves. Do all that you can to ready your body and your mind for this battle that awaits ahead. Blaze, you wake up, your eyes open. Oh, It is not yet morning. Blaze, you awake from your trance back in the plush bed provided to you by the shade. You are still within the onyx ziggurat, and the sun has not yet crested the trees of the jungles north of Venhaven. The others haven't stirred from sleep. You don't hear a sound. What do you do? He he jumps out of bed really quickly and kind of takes a quick look around the room and immediately goes towards his sword. There it is, right where you left it. Uh, he unwraps it and checks it out. It seems just exactly the way it did last time you saw it. He picks it up and starts twirling it above his head. Okay, you twirl it above your head. Are you trying to do the thing again? Yeah. So you focus the same way you did there in the Chamber of the Gods, and you feel energy pulsing from your palms into the sword, and it begins to hum with the sound of lightning. You feel the pressure of thunder building up inside the sword. He senses the energy that it's working, and he stops before he destroys something. Mm -hmm. And he starts wrapping it back up. Mm -hmm. Well, old friend, looks like we have many adventures left ahead of us. Do you lie back down? You go outside? He's putting the sword on his back, and he's going to go outside. Step out into the hall, and uh, now in the room, you can hear a sound in the house. Now that you're out in the hall, you can hear someone um, down the hallway in another room, and there is a light shining out down there. 
Okay. I go there. It's like a kitchen type area. It's a small, you know, earlier you guys were in like this big posh dining room, but this is like a small kitchen area. There's like a, not like a full blown kitchen, more like a small kitchenette type thing along with a, a smaller table as well. Seat like four or five. And uh, the shade is standing in there. He seems to be brewing some tea. Pot is whistling as you step in the door. Good evening, Shade. Uh, good morning, my friend. Blaze, I see that you've awakened. I hope I didn't wake you. I'm, uh, or the, I thought I had charms on the doors to prevent any of that sound from coming through and bothering anyone. I heard no disturbance from you. Excellent. Well, could I interest you in some tea or perhaps even some coffee? The tea sounds wonderful. Excellent. I'm sure the others will be joining us very soon. I had a conversation with Prevalian. I'm very interested in who and what you are. I've traveled most of Manumi and have never met one like yourself. You had a conversation with Prevalian, he says as he sits a cup down in front of you and then sits across from you. Of course. Was it a one-sided conversation? Such as prayer, or did you mean something else? No, I met her and the champions of the gods. The champions of the gods? I've heard rumors about that. What business do you have with the champions of the gods? I'm, uh oh, humbly have accepted the role for Prevalian. You are Prevalian's champion? Really? Uh-oh. Did you see the elf with the purple cloak and the eyeballs? What was his name? He was a he was a, a friend of a friend of mine. Um, Jimalil Karth, I believe is his name. Oh, yeah. Jimalil Karth. Yes. Was he there? He was. He's the cousin of Brackle. Really? No. I refuse to accept that. <laughs> he was there. Well, you are an interesting... He sprouted wings. He sprouted wings. I did wonder how these powers of the gods would manifest themselves. How has the influence of Prevalian in your biology taken form, would you say? That is an interesting question. I have not really come to know what powers or changes will occur. I have said much, though. Would you tell me now some of yourself? Well, we've got plenty of time for that. I believe I hear some others on the way. Margaret, please, have a seat. Have a cup of tea. We'll be leaving very soon. It's important to have a little bit of... Oh, do come in. The Shade was about to tell me of where he comes from. Oh, really? I will never pass up a good cup of tea. Well, I have a wonderful cup waiting for you here. And What of Joseph and, of course, Khan and Mia and Chris? Has anyone checked on Brackle? Mm, I told Glom to... Let me know if anything goes awry. He's dead. Brackle. Brackle died. But Glum told me he died this morning. Over the next few minutes, you are, the sun is rising, you know, as, as they chat for a few minutes, just kind of idle chat. The shade pretty much fends off any questions about himself. Everyone awakes. Brackle, you awake feeling much better this morning. You can all click that long rest button. Yeah, Kella Karn and Hyala Mia are with you all. and they have Mia has gathered all of her things now and is going to travel home now that she has confirmation of Hyalmer or Hyala Mare's well-being in Brightport. So Glum has gathered some provisions and foods and things for you all. Uh, but as you are gathering what you need to leave, there, there are some simple breakfast-type refreshments 
breads and, and muffin type things with some tea and or coffee if you'd like. Uh, and then finally, uh, everything is set to leave. Is everyone ready to go? Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Am I here? You're here. Yay. Everyone's here. Yes. Everyone is here. As you all gather your things and you have some provisions for the road, you all set forth. Instead of going the way that you came down through the catacombs, you step out uh, of the ziggurat. You step out top. The steps come out the top, which is the way you guys have been going out when you check on Brackle. And it's flat, and there's like a flat roof over top. And you go down the long steps. When you reach the bottom of the steps, it's in the middle of basically a lake. There is a small portion of land around it, which is where the hut is built for Glum. And that's where Brackle is staying as well. But Shade just starts walking right now toward the east, uh, which is the way the stairs come down. And as he walks toward the lake, the earth rises up from beneath it to meet his feet and forms a path leading out of the lake moat surrounding the onyx ziggurat. You all follow him out and toward the jungles north of Entaven. And the Shade is pretty familiar with the area, but you'll find that he's not so much of an outdoorsman traveler. uh, And so a lot of the burden of the guiding falls to Karn, and Karn is talking a lot with you, Brackle. I find that as the two of you are walking, maybe he is telling you a lot of things about the jungles here. He points out certain species of bird. He points out certain mushrooms that are native to this area that you can eat, some that you can't eat. He talks about how to tell the health of a tree based on the size and color of the fruit that grow on it. He talks about a lot of different things like that. And, and Brackle, you may share similar information with him about the forests of Sylvandale north of Branshire, you know, and you guys maybe have a little bit of a sort of camaraderie in that. Meg is walking as close behind them as she can, mm-hmm. like writing down a lot of Taking the stuff notes. they're saying. Yeah. So I ask him, why are you named after a grain? Is it related to your love of plant life? What grain is it that you think I am named after? Corn. What grain is corn? What is this? You know, the yellow on the cob, and it's... And it has the juice? Yeah, it has the juice. Although, at that point, it's more of a vegetable. It's a big lump with knobs. It's only considered a grain if it's fully mature and dried out. And you can grind it down to powder, make cornmeal, etc., etc. I have never heard of this before. Do you have any with you? Uh, not on my person, but it grows in abundance in the fields around Branchire, right? It does, yes, definitely. I have never come in contact with this <laughs> corn. It is called corn. Where I'm co- where I co- some people call it corn, but where I come from is called corn. Or kyarn. Corn. Kyalmar. Kyarn. No, Kjarn is different. What? Kjarn. Kjarn. Sorry, it's Kjarn. I would like to see this, my namesake, one day. Perhaps it is. Is it delicious? It is rather appetizing. Throw some butter on it. Butter. Put it on the grill. It's got the juice. Perhaps one day we shall travel to Vinthaven, and there you can show me. We are all going there now together anyway. Oh, no. Myself and Mia, we won't be traveling to Venthaven yet. We will be remaining in our village with the Unctulux. Myself and me. Mia. Me, myself, and Mia. I feel like you are missing out on an opportunity to make the DM use multiple voices through multiple episodes. 
The DM doesn't want to play DM NPCs for very long. You all travel. Mia, you all get to spend a little bit of time with her. She's very friendly, very personable. She talks a lot about different aspects of the forest. Like She focuses more on the animals, the beautiful colors, different things. She knows all the different names of the plants and the flowers and all that stuff. She's just very vib- very vibrant personality. And it takes you guys about a day and a half, and uh, you arrive at the same entrance to the village of the Unkdeolux that you all were carried into forcibly the first time. But as you come upon it, Karn and Mia like signal uh, to sentries that are hiding up in the trees. And you all see as, as lizard folk take off through the, the boughs of the trees, like in that direction. And they tell you that they're, they're going to let them know that you all are on your way. And as you all descend into the little, it's like a, like a, you know, into these tree roots that go down into like, a, not a cavern, but like a little entrance, a little slide sort of you go down into. And it goes down and comes up inside the, un, the hidden uh, village of the Unkdeolux. Uh, you find that everyone is already like gathering toward the entrance waiting for you. And immediately people come up and they're just like, they're like coming up and slapping all of you on the back and they're just grabbing Karn and, and like shaking him and hugging him and, and Mia, they're hugging her and everything and everyone's just super excited. And they're all speaking in their lizard folk tongue, which you all can't comprehend. And then pretty soon the, all the commotion sort of dies down and, and they part allowing the, the chiefess, the Maka Kalaktal to step forward toward all of you. And as she steps forward, both Hyala Karn and Hyala Mia stop and they give a bow and they put place their hand on like the end of their snout um, and she gives them a little nod and then immediately comes toward them and wraps them both up in a big hug. And she's very happy to have them both there. But something else happens as this is going on. There is a, another figure in the back, his cloak pulled up where you can't really see his face as uh, their grandmother, Kalaktal, is, is happy to see them. She looks up, seeing you all, and she begins to thank you. Thank you for returning my Mia. And as she looks at all of you, she looks into the purple eyes of the shade. He gives a big toothy grin with his pointed canines. Duh, when she sees him, you see her kind of stumble back, and she just says, and immediately, like, like... Ten lizard folk just like push forward with spears pointed toward all of you guys. And he just holds up his hands and pulls back his hood. He says, I mean you no harm. You have brought Ndartak into our village. We brought Mia back. Yes, we did bring Mia back. There is nothing to fear. I will quickly behead him if he causes any trouble. <laughs> Mia steps up beside you, Meg, and, and between you and Joseph. Yes, yes, Maka. I went to Nortok of my own choice. He did not keep me hostage. This is preposterous. There is no, no, you have seized him. And you see him like moving in with the spears again. And you see the shade kind of like crossing his hands and like holding them together right here like this. And he gets a little bit more of a serious look on his face. Uh, I, I'm going to like bow in front of her. Hmm. Okay. We came back to give Mia and Karn bring them back to you safely and we have and we have to take shade to Venthaven to help us Karn steps up behind you in front of the shade and holds his hands up like this as well like getting between him and the spears what she says is true Makar they will take Nortok with them and he has returned Mia to us safely 
he has kept her safe for these many days which she has been gone. We owe him our thanks. If we would have found Mia harmed in any way, we would have... She kind of looks over the shade. We would have took care of him, but she was not harmed, and we bring her back safe and sound. Fit as a fiddle, she is. And after such a kind welcome, I'm afraid I hate to go, but we do have business to take care of, so we will leave you, Kalaktal. Her eyes get kind of big when he says her name. She looks at you, Joseph. Mm. Kind of like for affirmation, I guess for confirmation. Yes. 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 We will be leaving soon. We're going to Venthaven and taking Dark Talk with us. Very well. And there was mention of a certain person named Shea Lamir. Her brow furrows at that. She looks down at me and you see her close her eyes and shake her head. Oh, Mia, please tell me not again. I know where he is. She looks at you strangely. You know where Yalamir is? And Mia starts talking quickly. Yes, Maka. He says, they say, I, I had a vision. He is in a city by the sea called Brightport. He lives. Yalamir is alive. You see a, a look of pure surprise and shock on her face. I see. We have much to discuss, Mia. Yalakarn. For now, we will take our leave of you. I'm afraid the villagers will not take well to the presence of Ndortak. But let me extend my deepest thanks to all of you for returning my Mia to me again. I just do the symbol. You're very welcome. Another lizard folk comes up beside her, a short one. He gives her a small little chest. like a, It's very rudimentary looking, just made out of wood. Uh, very plain, but she brings it forward and she hands it to you. How rude, Aventuri. She steps it and forward and she hands it to Joseph. This is not much, but hopefully it will be some reward for what you have done for us. Ah, thank you very much. I'm sure it will be sufficient. And he puts it in his pack. Okay. You all take your leave? Or do you push the envelope? Do we have a leave? We're out. Blaze definitely takes the leave. Yeah. Blaze is a trail up on out of there? Yeah. Yeah, I stick near the shade and... We get. We get on now, get. We must be on our way. You all leave. And as you do, uh, Brackle, you, uh, and I would say Blaze to some extent now, too, which you've all made this trip before, and Meg is familiar with the area, too, but you being the ranger, you maybe look for the best way. Brackle, why don't you go ahead, as you guys do head out, and give me a survival check uh, with advantage. Brackle. Is that one with advantage? Mm Mm-hmm. Yosip. I'm glad there was advantage. Yeah. Do you look at that chest, Annie? 21. Yes. Roll me a D100, Yosip. Oh, yeah. 72. Okay. 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 Roll me three D6s. 16. If he got another helmet. 16? Yeah, boy. Oh, my gosh. What did you roll? <laughs> That's what game. I like to hear. You broke it. What did you get? What was your number? It was a 72, right? Yeah. How good are you at appraisals? Hmm. I am a pirate who loves treasures. It's a pretty good. She said it wasn't much. Mm-hmm. Was she wrong? She lied. But the moment you open it up, it's crude. It's not like coins, and it's not like nicely made little gems. It's just lumps of some kind of metal. Oh, my cousins. 
It's corn. That you've seen it before. Mm. And it is a very valuable metal. Hard to find. And, mm. and you know each one of these is worth 500 gold pieces each. Yeah, but is he is he like he found is he going to just steal it like he's going to just all, take it? Okay, so here's the thing. You all saw the chest, okay? Mhm. That's 8,000 gold. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Just so you know. That's crazy. <clears throat> That's a lot of gold. You're on a 16. We are going to be able to lose so much money. I don't know about we. Oh, all right, no. I want you to roll me another D100. A D100? Yeah, another D100. Okay. 84. Man, you keep rolling really high. 84. Uh-oh. No. Yes. Um, no. Paul. Yes. Mm -mm. Nope. No. Paul. No. Come on. Please? Paul. Okay, I, I will tell you in a minute what the other thing is. Uh, Alan, what did you roll for your check? 21. Natural. 21. 21. So you, you're doing really well. You have really acclimated to the... Uh, Jungle. To the jungles, yeah. You've really gotten used to the area, uh, and you find the quickest way. You avoid a few dangers that you spot. You know, something something here or there that, that looks tricky or questionable. Pretty soon, you are uh, coming up on... I will say by the end of the day, you can easily get to the sort of stretches of Vent Haven. Haven? Well, no, actually, you know what? You guys were a half a day coming from this way. So I would say you can't. You can't get to Vent Haven, but you can get close. You guys could travel on into Vent Haven if you want to travel into the night, but you are going to be traveling into the dark. And that would be that would be tough. That sounds tough. I once lost a piece of my foot because I was traveling in the dark. I suggest we camp. I'm fine with camping. A hot cup of tea would be great. I love to camp. You guys can make a camp for the night. You can do some resting. Blaze plays cards with the shade. You guys can play cards. Get some rest. Um, we're not going to belabor this. Basically, the next morning comes, and you all get ready and head into Vent Haven. Can I belabor it? So, what was the reward that um, Makah gave us? Joseph Storm. Gave us? <laughs> Paul, Come you gave on. it to the worst person. <laughs> Let me give this 8,000 gold to this. I don't remember her giving us any reward. Oh, Joseph. Well, Joseph, let's not be hasty. Now, Joseph, you were in chains when we met you. Don't think we trust you. What was in the chest? A reward. Oh, come now. There's no reason to be so hostile. Let, here, let me see the chest. I'm just curious. I take out the chest. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It's secretly another chest. <laughs> oh my gosh, Is it better on. than my passive? Come on. You don't have a chest that looks exactly like that chest, right? Oh, man. They all saw it in daylight. Look, they have waited to ask you about it. What I would say is if you wanted to, like, you know, sneak a couple pieces out of it or something, that would be... Or something. No. You can tell me you, and we will no do some way. rolls and see what happens. No Joseph, that is a different chest. Yeah, I would definitely sneak at least a couple pieces out of there. Okay, well, give me a give me a uh, a sleight of hand check. By a couple, how many? It's a five. <laughs> yeah, you forgot to do that. You meant to do that, and you forgot to do it. And then when they asked about it, you go to do it then, and it just Joseph. Why are you taking gold pieces out of the chest? Ah, uh, yes, the gold pieces. Those aren't gold. What is that? Yes, what is that? I just go. 
Open close. Yep. Try to slip a couple out. Very nice. Very nice. I'm pretty sure I know that metal. Yeah, let me see that. And, and the shade snaps his fingers and it, it, it leaps out of your hands into his hand. Of course it does. Well, you know, roll a better sleight of hand and, and you can get it. <laughs> oh, does he my. open it? Joseph, did you look in this? Do you know what these are worth? If he opens it, Meg has her goggles on and she's looking at it. There are three it. pieces of a very valuable metal in here. Three whole pieces. What? what? That is amazing. I'm just kidding. It just looked like a crude, uh, some kind of, I don't know, maybe some iron or something. Rock. Roll me a deception check. One of those will work very well in my sword. Eleven. Now, Joseph, no seafaring businessman is worth his salt if he cannot place the value in something such as these. There is probably somewhere akin to, I don't know, I would say altogether, these are probably somewhere worth the ballpark of 8,000 gold pieces. But, wow. Um, Thank you for giving me my portion. That's being optimistic. I would classify this as a small fortune. Yes, divided between five of us. Five of you? I think you mean six of us. Oh, Shade, aren't you very, very rich? In knowledge and wealth and well, all of the things. Yes, immortality. But if it weren't for me, Brackle would be dead. So I, at the very least, should have some of his portion. Right. And, and Brackle should have some of his portion, too. I'll tell you what. Sixteen. We split it five ways. You can all have three each, and that will leave one extra for me. How's that? I take one piece. You take the three each, which is fifteen hundred gold each sounds good to me i am in favor of our trustworthy friend doing exactly this all right yes that would be grand and he begins to divvy it all out before anybody can say anything else about it and (laughs) i need uh either perception checks or your passive perceptions i'll let you choose checks of course okay uh i'll take passive after rolling i'm just kidding uh i'm a nine Aw, oh, Alan, your passive is so much better. 15. I'm probably going to take passive on this. Okay. Chris, what's your passive? It's a 16. All right. But I play D&D, so I'm rolling. I rolled two, and I got a two. I also got a two. Please sure you're rolling, or are you keeping it? Yay. Uh, my passive is 14. I got a six. Uh. So right now the highest is a 15? No, the highest is a 16. I got a 15 and didn't. He said he had 16? Yeah. Yeah, mine's a 16. Go ahead if you want to roll it. Up to you. 14 plus 4, so 18. It's a good thing you rolled. Nobody else was going to spot it. Yeah, he rolled. He rolled high. Oh. He got like a 17, uh, which is actually rolling low, but the 17 was higher than anything, anything y'all had. Um, he is very fairly divvying out the gold. He gives all of you three gold. He pulls one out for himself, but Meg, he comes to you last, and as he does, you see him slip up a piece of gold and something else into his pocket. Oh, Shade. Oh, yes, Margaret. What What was the other thing in the chest? Well, what other thing? What Joseph, other did you see the other thing in the chest? Yes, of course I saw it. What did you get, Shade? You remember seeing a little, little, little scrap of paper down in there? Did you didn't think anything of it? Shade. Why are you taking my reward, the paper? Let, let, let me oh, see it. It's I, just a piece of scratch paper, that's all. I'm a professor, and I, like, reach for it, but also Very snap. well, here, take it. <laughs> oh. Oh. It is an eighth-level spell scroll. Joseph, this, this is a great 
possession. Yes, yes, yes. It's a very powerful scroll. You know, I could do those sort of spells myself, but sometimes it's nice to just... It's valuable. You can have it. It's fine. You all take it. I didn't really want it anyhow. Thank you, Shade. An eighth-level spell scroll, which means it is a spell scroll that can cast one time any eighth-level spell. Wow. So I'll... I'll hand it over to Joseph. You give it to Joseph? Yeah, I was going to give it to him. I take it. <laughs> very well, very well. I feel like that was a major <laughs> mistake. <laughs> what? <laughs> Blaze is going to straight out be like, I think that should probably go to the gnomish fellow. Uh, what? <laughs> we could fight for it. Look, 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 we have places to be. Shall we continue to Venthaven? There's no need to fight. We're on a mission. You're a treasure hunter. I could pay you for it. Let's just draw cards. Who, Whoever gets the highest card gets it. Mm. So how much did we get? You all got 1,500 gold pieces, basically. You can convert it into currency later if you want to. Listen. Brackle stabs everybody and takes it. Oh, no. <laughs> you all continue in the bright morning sun toward Vent Haven, and you are just a couple, two or three hours journey. For you descend the great hills of the jungle down toward the valley that holds the city of magic, Venthaven. You see ahead of you the arcane bead stretching up and high over the city itself, glowing with just an ethereal light. Uh, and down below, you can see the main road heading in. A number of folks, uh, not as many on this side, but still some on the main road. As you you can see it coming down the Great Valley, you're not on the main road because you're coming out of the jungles. But you can see down there some folks waiting with guardsmen, much like it was Brackle when you came into the city, seeing whether or not they can be admitted into the city of Venthaven. Uh, overhead, the sky is now that you can see it coming out from under the cover of trees. It is dreary and gray, although the rain at least seems to have stopped, and Shade is just walking straight down the rolling hills toward the city of Venthaven. So y'all continue down the hill toward Venthaven? I know the streets of Venthaven well, but perhaps Meg should be our guide. Of course, Blaze. Where are we going? I do believe we need to go see Marleyan, do we not? Ah, yes. Right this way. And we I head that way. I follow. Y'all walk down the hill. Yes. yes. Come up on the road. I see it. There it is. Get off the road. Head toward Vent Haven. It's probably been a while since you've been here, Jade. What, Vent Haven? Yeah. Oh, no. I was here just the other day. Oh. Maybe a week ago, two weeks. I've always been here. I've never not been here. Is he, like, covered up? Is he wearing, like, a cloak? And Uh, no. He's just walking open. I often visit Vent Haven, although sometimes I put on a little disguise. You know, it's, it's not always bad to cover yourself and, and keep your presence unknown. Other times, though, I just uh, roll with it, you know? And as you guys come up on the main road uh, and the crowd of folks waiting to get into Venhaven, some do look your way. I mean, you're a somewhat eclectic group of people, and you go marching forward, and the shade just passes right through the arcane bead, which is interesting because you know it's supposed to be wow. magically protected where you can't get in unless they have a vial of your blood. Blaze, like, glances at the shade, glances at everybody, glances at the shade. I glance at everybody, too, like in that Clint Eastwood, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you made it through that, that speaks a, a great volume to me. Oh? Of what? I don't really know. Exactly. Shade just walking confidently forward. If the Lady Prevalian allows you in her city, that says that you at least are not nefarious. Oh, 
Blaze. I am certainly nefarious when I want to be. Blaze is confused. You all keep walking? Yes. It's early in the day, before noon. Yes. Uh, You pass through the beautiful magic city of Venthaven. The glowing streets still have a little bit of a glow, but during the day, less so. Like I said, you can see overhead the clouds are gray, but it is a nice climate inside the arcane bead. People are passing to and fro along the city. And no one bars your path. Uh, Are you all heading straight toward the center of the city, toward the tower for the Elder Conclave? Yes. Y'all make y'all's way that way. Making your way, literally, downtown. Downtown. As you do, occasionally you'll get a strange look from passersby, but no one ever stops and says anything to any of you or to the shade, and you all just walk on. It takes you a little while to pass through the city. You do finally, after a long travel, half a day probably, all together from when you left since your camp, to arriving at the tower, and here you are again, the beautiful, pearlescent tower with the flute. Flute sort of built into it. You can hear the winds blowing through them again, as you did when you came here just a few days past, and you enter into the atrium there with the beautiful fountain and the staircase going up to the second floor and beyond. You all walk up, passing by the fountain up to the second floor, and you step over where many of you met just a few days past, before those crystal doors that lead into the chambers of the Elder Conclave. The crystal doors are shut, and there is someone standing right in front of them, her arms crossed, looking outward toward you all, and she gives the slightest, almost imperceptible grin, because she doesn't often show much emotion, which you have learned, Brackle, in the short time that you have known her, for it is Hilna. Hilna? Who's Hilna? She is one of the ladies from the Temple Zauberstone. She's the one who met you when you were trying to come into the city. Striking eyes, she talked to you. You, remember, you know what I'm talking about? She is waiting for you all. And as you all walk forward toward her, she gives that small, almost imperceptible grin as she says... Brackle, there you are. I've been waiting for you. Hey, yeah, I've been, uh, I'm back. I see that your journey was successful, she says with a glance toward the shade. He gives her a toothy grin, his canines showing. Yeah, we got this shady guy. I can see that. I'm sure that you are all very anxious to see the governess, and I won't hold you, but I I was hoping that I might speak with you privately for just a moment, Brackle. I have a message. From the high priestess. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the high priestess. Meg kind of like bows her head mm-hmm. toward her mm-hmm. and then kind of steps over to the side or yeah. whatever. Um, Brackle, you step over. Uh, and once you all have kind of stepped out of your shot, she says, Thank you, Brackle. I'm sorry to keep you. I'm uh, the high priestess of Privalian. Our high priestess at the Temple Zalbastone has sent me. She believes that she can remove the shadow that has attached itself to you. Oh. How? Does it hurt? I do not know. I've only seen portions of this part of the story with you and your shadow in our our visions and our divinations. But I will say that it is concerning this thing that has latched onto your, your soul, your body. She can help you with that. I, I trust her. She says that she can help you. But I come to deliver this message myself because she also told me to warn you not to speak of this to the governess Malayan at this time. Or, well, more specifically, she does not wish for the Archmage Silverthorn to know. Okay. 
All right. Simple as that. Well, the... Just take it out. Say what? No, I, I, I can't do it. Remove it. Rip it. You, you misunderstand me, Brackle. Bop it. I will wait for you at the library in the center of the College of Magic. Once you have finished with the Elder Conclave, oh. come and see me there. I will take you to the Temple Zalberstone. And there our High Priestess can, hopefully, remove this thing from you. Do I need to do anything for the procedure, like uh, fast for 24 hours? Or? No, that, that's unnecessary. The vomiting will happen either way. <coughs> I will wait for you, Brackle. What's the uh, recovery time from this? I genuinely do not know. I'm sorry. Do you take my insurance? And he pulls out his insurance I'm card. gone, Brackle. I'm leaving. I'm fading. I'll, I'll miss you. I'll, I'll wait for you at the library. I'll see you at the library. She takes her leave. She says she's waiting for you at the library. Uh, do you step back over to the crew? I step back over to the crew. Say, hey, I gotta go read some books. Read some books? While Brackle is over there, you guys are waiting by the doors, and they are shut, and when you go to approach them, they're like, they're locked. You can't open them. And you can hear some people talking inside. They should be with us in a moment. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'm sure they won't keep us waiting for very long. And the shade goes over and sits on that little bench, crosses his legs, and leans back. A couple minutes later, Brackle comes over. Um, the door's still locked. Still no one's come out. Anything like that. You guys are waiting. Uh, waiting. Waiting. I wonder if they will ever arrive. I eventually sit by the shade and take out a book. Brackle, where did you go? What was your secret message? I'm supposed to get my shadow removed at the library. Oh, what wonderful news. Hmm. Really? That'll be good. At the library? Who's going to remove it at the library? The priestess who was speaking with you, she told you she could do that, and she told you to do it at the library. She said that her... Uh, other person could do it. The the other one. Oh, the high priestess at the at the temple, temple. Zalba Stone. Yes. Yeah, the the temple of Galbstone. Mm-hmm. Zalba Stone, Brackle. Galba Stone. Zalba. You know what? Never mind. Zalba And when do you have to go do that? Brackle, what do you know of the temple of Zalba Stone? That they can take my shadow out. So you have been told. Should I be skeptical? Do you have another idea? Mm, Well, I don't have another idea, but I do have some concerns. And at that moment, the door opens. What I? What do you mean? About the Temple's Hour Show? I mean, no. I live in. Yeah, no, no. You wouldn't think anything of it. Yeah, it's highly revered. The door opens, and stepping out comes a tall, blonde, elvish woman. Beautiful. Uh, Zach. She looks familiar to Chris. Chris would recognize. He's seen this woman before. She was there at the... Gauntlet of the Moon. Oh no, it's Lorik's mom. Oh no. It's Lorik's mom. You roll me a quick die if you want to try to remember her name. Yeah. Roll me a quick history check. Lorik's oh mom. Oh boy. Got it going on. It is a 16 plus my history, which is a 9, so 25. Yeah, you remember her name is Leandra Darkbolt. She brought the teleportation technology that sent you guys to fight the Morkoth. So she, she steps out, and she's got, like, some papers, uh, like some scrolls in one arm, and she sort of gives you all sort of a passing nod and then just keeps walking. You don't have to say anything to her if you don't want to. I'm just telling you, you do recognize her. I probably wouldn't. We're okay. on a time crunch, it would seem. So yeah, I just let for her sure. Go. Yeah. But you recognize her, and you know what's up. You hear a voice. You may enter. I go in. Thank you. You all go in? Oh, yeah. I go in. The shade brings up the rear with Glum following... Closely, well, actually, Glum just has a seat on the bench and just stays there. 
as the shade is the last one to step in and the crystal doors close behind you all. Governor Smarlay and uh, with Archmage Silverthorn staying right to the side and behind. Blaze, Joseph, Meg, Brackle, Chris, I see that you have all returned and you have brought a visitor with you. And the shade kind of throws his arms wide. Marley, it is a pleasure to be here once more. Why, I haven't seen you in, what, 40 years? 50? You can see she kind of gets a little bit of like an exasperated look on her face, I guess. Sir Lewin, what a pleasure to have you here. You know as well as I that we are not here to exchange pleasantries. Although, I must say, you are looking quite exquisite. Oh. Oh, my. Oh, my. Shay just gives a little a little bow and a flourish. Well, once Joseph told me what he was keeping in his uh, secret stash, what could I say? I had no choice but to accept what's it got in its pockets. What's in its pockets? And when he says that, her face kind of falls a little bit. I see, Joseph... Told you about that, did he? Joseph? What? Just had to tell him about that, did you? Um, (laughs) yes. Well, it was at a desperate moment in the exchange, and Joseph did what he thought was right. Would you expect the pirate to do anything differently? I suppose not, and, well, all right, Sulu. We will permit you... And he chuckles when she says that. <clears throat> we will permit you to make use of the Pearl of Remembrance if you will agree to help us and give us the information that we require. Wait, you will permit him? Oh, don't worry, Joseph. I'll, here, just, I'll take care of this. He steps forward in front of you guys. What would you ask of me, Governess? What possible help could I give to the city of Vinthaven? I do realize we are in dire straits and it is a very serious time in this world, but honestly, what do you need from me, Marley? He gives her a wink. Zerluin, we need you to tell us where the prison of the Crooked Father is held. And how we may breach it. The prison where who is found? Oh, no. Wait, wait. What? You know. Did you say Crooked Father? His face looks serious then. The the smirk goes away. He looks around at all of you guys again. Well, I would be happy to oblige. um, But for one little problem. I'm afraid I have never been. I don't know where it is. Or how to breach it. Or if I did, I simply can't remember. Uh, 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 uh-huh. Well, well, well. Well, somebody get the pearl. And that is where we are going what? to that's end. That's rude. That's rude. Of course Y'all. it is. That's rude to your players. What the heck? Forget the audience. I'm upset. You want, you want, you want me to just, we'll just, just keep running it? You know, we'll just keep running it. So he literally doesn't know. Or does he? Or does he? Maybe he's just lying. Or maybe he doesn't remember. Maybe he's just a shady So basically he's baiting them to let him use the pearl and then he's going to dip. I'm thinking, yeah. Anything is possible. But to find out, you'll have to wait until next week. Thank you so much. This has been Make Believe Heroes episode 
eight. Thanks. Season five. Make him touch the lantern. With every new episode, we grow one step closer to the end. The end of all things. Wow, Paul. R.I.P. Thank you guys for listening. R.I.P. Goodbye. We hope you're ready. In the We love you. Love you. Bye. Mm. Bye. Adios. Bye. Bye. My name is Paul. I'm your DM, and I'm joined today by five of my friends. Chris. Yuck. Zach. What? Zach, come on. I only did that because I'm trying to get the chocolate out of my mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was just... That's a good way to do it. I can hear it. I know this name. This is great. Thank you, Zach, so much for your support. <laughs> we greatly appreciate you, and we hope that you stick with us all the way. Congratulations. The Congratulations. 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 Now we, congratulations. If you leave us a five star review, we will read it live on the show. Alan. We must be on our way. What kind of leaf? Like a. Alan. Elm? An oak? PTO. Alan. Oh, PTO. I don't have any of that. <laughs> <laughs>